Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to minister the word. I know the Holy Spirit is so faithful, we trust him to give us utterance and to give your people understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This is, this, is, this is Palm Sunday, right? And Palm Sunday begins what Christians call the Holy Week, and it ends on Saturday. Uh, Palm Sunday is that occasion when Jesus is going into Jerusalem from Bethany, and there are perhaps thousands of people who are lining the way, standing by the road, waving palm branches. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. The waving palm branches, they're putting their clothes on the ground and they're shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Everybody say that. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And so there's great excitement taking place. And, 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 but before Jesus uh, goes into Jerusalem, he gives some instructions to his disciples. He tells them, I want you to go, there's a certain gate, and at that gate you're going to find a donkey and a colt. I want you to bring them to me. He says, if anybody asks you why you're bringing these, these animals to me, tell them the Lord has need of them. Amen? Tell them the Lord has need of them. And, 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 and so the Bible says, and I love it, the Bible says, and so all that the Lord commanded, they did. They did as the Lord commanded them. I thought it was so beautiful. He told them to go. He told them what to do. And the disciples did as the Lord commanded them. Say the disciples did as the Lord commanded them. That sounds good. Wouldn't you like it to be said of you and he did and she did all that the Lord commanded him or her to do? How many of you would like for that to be your testimony? Amen. May God grant each of us the grace to hear and to obey. Amen? That like the disciples, we will be prompt in doing all that the Lord commands or instructs us to do. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so now we find Jesus going into Jerusalem. The crowd is shouting. They're waving the palm branches. This is a royal procession. Because to the Jewish people, when they were saying, blessed is this king, when you say to Jesus, or we say of Jesus, blessed be the king, we're talking about a spiritual kingdom, and we're talking about, we're using spiritual terms. But for them, this was political. They literally thought that he was coming into Jerusalem as the long-awaited Messiah, who would overthrow the Roman government and establish himself as king 
over Israel and restore to Israel the glory and fulfill all the promises that God had made concerning that nation. They expected a political revolution. And so here he's coming in and, and they're hailing him as the king, the, the Messiah. And, and indeed he's a king. In fact, a greater king than they realized. And indeed he was on a mission, but a greater mission than they thought. They thought his mission was simply to deliver Israel from Rome. But his deliverance, or his mission, was to deliver not just Israel, but to deliver Rome also. Because he came to deliver the world from sin. Say sin. sin. From Satan. Say Satan. Sin. From hell. He came to deliver the entire world, Jews and Gentiles. And indeed, he is the king of kings. Everybody say, indeed, indeed. He, is he is the king of kings. The Bible says his kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. Say, Lord, your kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. So, so this indeed is a great king. And this is indeed a great procession. This is a royal procession. And everything looks right except for one thing. The presence of the donkey. That donkey doesn't fit. Amen? Yeah, yeah, something's wrong with that picture, right? Jesus should be coming on a horse, on a stallion, not on a donkey. But he chose, he chose to come in riding on a donkey. The, the fact that he chose a donkey should tell us or, or signal to us that there's something different about this particular king. And indeed, he is different. He chose a donkey, a lowly, humble animal to reveal to us that he is not like other kings. He doesn't come to dominate and control and to force men to serve him. No, he's the servant king. I said he's the servant king. Everybody say that. Servant king. He is first and foremost a servant. His mission and his kingdom it's all about him serving us. It's all about him meeting our needs. It's all about him supplying and not demanding. Other kings demand. This one supplies. She's looking at me and she's puzzled. I say, other kings demand, this one 
He's different. He's a servant king. So the Bible says of him, the Son of Man did not come to be served. I know you came to church today to serve him. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life, not to demand yours. I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Say to the neighbor, he's a different kind of king. So that was Sunday, later on in the week, on Friday, we see him again sitting at table with his disciples. He's the king, he knows he is. He says, you call me Lord, and I am. There's no doubt about that. But what do you find this king doing? This suffering, this servant king. He allows his disciples to be seated, and he stands up, and he takes the basin, and he takes the towel, and he gets on his knees, and he one by one washes each of the disciples' feet. And whenever I preach this, you know, he washed even Judas' feet. Now, I can understand the other one, but Judas? But he washed the feet of Judas, and he washed the feet of Judas just as clean as he washed John's feet and Peter's feet. He's a different kind of king. Amen. The Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so we find the Bible describing how he went about doing good. He went about doing what? Good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. A servant. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he called them to himself and he healed them. And on another occasion when he saw that they hadn't eaten and they were hungry, he took the five loaves and he broke it and he gave thanks and he made sure that nobody went home hungry. He wasn't asking for food. He was the one supplying the food. He wasn't the one asking that his feet be washed. He was washing their feet. Are you listening to me? One day he was ministering to a multitude, thousands of people, and then he got in a boat, went across the sea to find one man called Legion, ministered to Legion, took the time necessary, required to serve Legion, to meet Legion's needs. And when Legion was okay, he got in a boat and went back to the other side. And when Legion said, let me follow you, let me follow you, I want to go and follow you, he said, you know what, you just go back to your family. 
Come on, you've been separated from them for years. You haven't known the love of your family. You've been rejected. You know what? Right now, you don't need to be following me. You need to go back home. Tell them the great things the Lord has done for you. And, and, and enjoy, once again, a relationship you should have had, but was deprived of because of your condition. Isn't he a different kind of king? This is the kind of king that rules over us. This is the kind of king we're blessed to call our Lord and our Savior. We ought to be able to boast about him. Oh my goodness, nobody should have to tell us to talk about him. Amen, he's just too good, too merciful, too kind, too different, too superior, too awesome. Amen. We ought to be speaking of him with such pride. Look at the kind of king we serve. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. He say he's different. Say he's different. Now he's different because his father is different. I mean, he got his father's nature. Amen. And God the Father, contrary to what we think and what we speak and what we may believe, God didn't create us to serve him. God did not create you and me to serve him. Think about it. What can you give someone who has everything and needs nothing? How can you serve someone who has everything and needs nothing. I know you got to serve God. You got to serve God. You got to serve God. And we make serving God what's most important to God. When the reality, God did not create you to serve him because God is self-sufficient. Everything God needs, God has. In himself. God doesn't need anything outside of himself to meet any need he has. He's self-sufficient. And by the way, just in case you don't agree with me, you're wrong. I'm right. But let me try to convince you a little bit more. How many of you know God is eternal? How long you been around? Okay. So, so long before you showed up, God was. And I got a feeling God was doing okay. <laughs> Amen. I got a feeling long before we as human beings showed up on this planet, God was doing just fine all by himself. There was nothing he needed that he didn't have. That, oh, I got to create somebody to give me what I don't have. So he did not create you to serve him. If he didn't create you to serve him, 
then your service to him is a privilege. It is something he allows you to do for you and not for him. Oh my goodness, did you hear me? If he doesn't need me, he's fine. Then the fact that he allows me to serve him is a favor he's giving to me. It is because there are benefits coming to me and a favor he's doing to others by letting you serve even though he doesn't need it. Say to your neighbor, serving God is a privilege, a gift from God to you for your benefit and the benefit of others. God desires you, but he doesn't need you. And he desires you because he loves you. And he desires you because he wants you to enjoy him. He desires you because he wants you to get to know him. And watch this. He desires you because he wants you to be able to work together with him. Not for him, but together with him on behalf of others. Now, I know we say we're working for him. And yeah, we can use that term, but I want, I'm trying to help you to understand. When we say we're working for him, we're really working with him for others because he has no need that you are meeting. Amen. Say to your neighbor, it's a privilege to be a co-liberer together with God. So God does invite us to work and to serve, but he invites us to work together with him. So I, I put this just, I think yesterday on, on Facebook. I said this, I said, God did not, or the purpose of redemption is, is, is not to produce servants to work for God. The purpose of redemption is to produce sons to enjoy him, to know him, to work together with him, and to be blessed by him. So I want you to understand the reason Jesus is on this road to Jerusalem headed for the cross is not to produce servants, not to produce slaves. The reason Jesus is on this journey from Bethany to, the, to Jerusalem on the cross is not to produce servants of God, but to produce sons of God, to enjoy God 
to know God, to work together with God, and to be blessed by him. You see, it's important that we understand that as far as God is concerned, he's looking for sons. Because you see, if we define our relationship with God as primarily that of a servant serving God, then we'll end up living our lives like a Martha and not like a Mary. If you don't know the difference, Martha was the one in the kitchen while Jesus was in the house. And she saw herself primarily as his servant. And so she was in the kitchen, busy, 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 but not cultivating the relationship with him that he really wanted. You see, Jesus didn't need anything per se. What he wanted was a relationship where he, these folks could enjoy him, get to know him, be blessed by him. He's the servant. He didn't come to be served. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. But Martha was busy serving. And when we see ourselves as servants and not as sons, we end up living like Martha rather than like Mary. And what happens is our focus then is taken off of him. And we start to focus on ourselves and all that we must do. It sounds good, but in the process, that intimacy with him gets lost. Is this too heavy for you? Say that, neighbor, God, no, no, say it this way, the purpose for this journey from Jerusalem, from Bethany, excuse me, to Jerusalem was not to produce servants but sons who would know him enjoy him work together with him and be blessed by him there is work to be done but the work that is to be done is to be done together with him on behalf of others okay so 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 here, here's, here, here, here are three examples that, 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 that show what we're talking about. First of all, we see Jesus. Amen? Jesus is going to, to, to Jerusalem to go and die on the cross. Right? He is going on a mission. He is co-laboring with the Father in order to save the world. So whom is he serving? Whose needs, whose needs is he meeting? It is not the father, because the father is not lost. No, no. He doesn't go to the cross to save God. Say that, but God doesn't need saving. Say God is not lost. He's going to Jerusalem to die on a cross for who? Us. But who sent him? The Father. So he's working with the Father to save us from eternal damnation. 
Hallelujah. So he's co-laboring with God. And he had a choice. He didn't have to do that. But he chose to do it. You see him in a garden of Gethsemane, again, as a man wrestling with the whole idea of the cross, but then choosing to say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He was accepting this opportunity God had given him to work with him to do something difficult, but to do it with God for the sake of the world. Are you hear me? The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we are fellow workers with God. So Jesus is working with God, but he's serving us. Now you hear me? Then they are the disciples. Jesus says to them, go and get the donkey, bring them to me. And the scripture says, and they did what the Lord commanded. So Jesus gave them an opportunity, say opportunity, to also become involved in the work God was doing. Now the work he was doing, he was saying, Here's an opportunity. Come and join the Father and me in this work of bringing salvation to the world. And they agreed and did exactly what he said to them. It's a wonderful thing. Say to your neighbor, it's a wonderful thing. When we agree to get involved with God and with Jesus in serving the world. Now this mission that he was on is the greatest mission any man can ever embark upon. So it is a privilege when God who needs nothing, when God who is self-sufficient, when God who can do it all by himself invites us to come and be a part, it's a privilege. Some of, you, some of you fathers or mothers with, with little kids, uh, maybe let me use the father. As soon as the father, he's going to wash the car for his wife. And, and as he goes out, he says to little Johnny, little Johnny, come and help me wash the car. Does he need little Johnny? Why is he inviting little Johnny? Because he says he, he's, he's given little John an opportunity to spend time with daddy. Amen. He's called liberating his dad. Not because his dad needs him, but it's a privilege that, that daddy is giving little Johnny to spend time with him. And because daddy loves little Johnny, daddy wants to spend time with little Johnny also. So God the Father, God the Son, he gives an invit- gave an invitation to these disciples, like to little Johnny, to be a part of what he is doing. And they did it. My goodness, I hope you hear me. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Amen. 
when we recognize the opportunity or the invitation that God the Father is extending to us, not because he needs us, but because he desires us and he gives us an invitation to be involved with him in the most important, the greatest mission in all the earth, that of bringing Jesus and salvation to the world. Now, I told you earlier, Jesus had a choice. He could have said no. And we always have a choice because he doesn't demand, he supplies. And when he invites you to work together with him, he's not demanding, he's supplying you with an opportunity to be involved in the greatest work and the greatest mission ever. He's giving you an opportunity to co-labor with him and with the Father, to be God's fellow workers. He's giving you an opportunity. He's offering you a gift. It's a privilege, but you always have the freedom to reject a gift. Every one of us, we always have the, 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 the freedom to reject a responsibility that's been given. We don't have to take it. You can say no. I can say no to being God's fellow worker. And you know what? Because he didn't come to, serve, to be served. If you say no, he won't suffer any loss. Remember I told you he's self-sufficient, right? <laughs> he won't suffer any personal loss, and guess what? He won't love you any less. No pressure. No pressure. If you choose to be part of what he's doing, I want you to know there is no pressure. There's an opportunity. You can reject it or you can accept it. No pressure. Say to your neighbor, no pressure. Don't, 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 don't say, I'm going to serve God because I serve God. He'll love me more. No, if you don't serve him, or you serve him, he's, he's not, he's going to love you the same. Say it one more time, no pressure. no pressure. Don't feel compelled to serve God. Don't feel pressure to do anything to make God loves you because God loves you already totally. Enough to go to the cross for you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So our service to him is done freely by choice, without pressure. God has no gun to your head. And God is not threatening you with hell if you don't serve him. He died for you. He gave his life for you. If you receive his son, you're saved. So all of y'all who receive his son, you're saved. There's no pressure now. If you're going to serve him and get involved, it's a choice you make. No pressure. So you will serve him because you want to and not because you have to. And that's what he's looking for. Amen? He's looking for people who want to be involved with what he is doing, not people who feel compelled to be involved because they're afraid of what he'll do. 
So right now, if you're not a co-laborer together with God in fulfilling this great mission of bringing salvation to the world, it's your choice. You have a right to that choice. God hasn't suffered any loss, and he doesn't love you less. But you are missing out. You didn't hear me? You are missing out on the opportunity to really get to know him in a way that you don't know him now. You are missing out on an opportunity to really enjoy him. You are missing out on an opportunity to grow in your faith, to grow in your knowledge. You are missing out on that opportunity to experience the joy and the fulfillment of being a co-laborer with him and being a part of this tremendous mission that he is committed to the salvation of the world. I said, you and I are missing out on the tremendous opportunity to grow in our knowledge of him, to grow in our faith, to experience the fulfillment that comes from knowing that you and Father and Son and Holy Spirit are engaged in the same work and you are playing a part to bring salvation to the world. There is something personally fulfilling that comes to us when we know that what we're doing is extremely significant. You miss out on that when you refuse this opportunity. One more time, say no pressure. It's our choice. So we see Father, this is his work to save the world. We see Jesus as a man co-laboring with God. We see the disciples co-laboring. You know, the Bible says they did what they were told. What were they told? Bring the donkeys to him. But if you read the rest of the story, they didn't stop there. They took their clothes off of themselves and put their clothes on the back of the donkey. Took their clothes and put their clothes on the ground so the donkey upon which he was sitting, he didn't tell them to do that. They did it because they wanted to. You see, when you serve legalistically, out of fear, all you would do would bring the donkeys and you have satisfied the demand. But when you serve him by choice, because you choose to, because you want to, because you see it as an opportunity that has been given to you and you see it as a privilege that has been extended to you by someone who could do without you, but who extends the privilege, you are so honored by the fact that you've been chosen. You didn't hear me? You are so honored by the fact that you've been given this opportunity. You are so overwhelmed by the privilege of being a co-liberal together with someone like this. You don't just do the minimum. You don't just meet the requirement. You don't just say, what does the law say? What shouldn't I do? What should I do? You don't live by that rule now. You are being motivated by a love in your heart and a relationship that causes you to go far beyond what is required. 
Amen. Listen to me. You go the extra mile. You go beyond what's required. You always do your best. Not because you're pressured to, but because you just want to. Not because you're afraid that if you don't do it, he's going to reject you. No, I'm doing this because I am so amazed. I'm so awed. I'm so honored by the privilege and the opportunity. I want to do this. I like to do this. I enjoy doing this. I am blessed by doing this. No pressure, yet doing far more than you would do if you just did it as a law to get yourself out of hell. Here, let, me, let me tell you the difference between serving God legalistically based upon rules and serving with him based upon a loving relationship. You see, when you are focused on rules and regulations and you're being motivated by demand, your focus is on you. Everything you're doing is about you doing something not to get punished or doing something to get some benefit. So you're not really focused on him. It's you. But when you understand you are all right with him, <laughs> that part is already settled. You don't have to impress him. He's already impressed. You didn't hear me. You don't have to make him love you. He already loves you. You don't have to earn anything. He's already given everything. When you start trying to impress him, because you know he's already impressed because of Jesus, then there's a total freedom and a liberty for you to serve totally out of a want to, out of a desire, out of love. And you will always do more and go further with the right attitude when you're motivated by love and revelation and not law and rules. Ladies and gentlemen, it was no law that caused Jesus to go to the cross. It was love. And that's why it pleased the Father so much. Are you getting this? Okay, I got to go quickly because I got to bring this to an end. So Jesus, choosing, not compelled, to be a fellow worker with his Father. The disciples choosing, not compelled, to be a fellow worker with the Father and the Son. But don't overlook the donkey. No, no, don't overlook the donkey. Because the donkey also played its part. You know, we can learn from creation. You didn't hear me. They may not be as intelligent as we are. They may not think and talk and communicate, but we can learn from creation. The Bible says the heavens declare. Oh, the handiwork. Amen. You should, the, the, the Message Bible, you know, I believe it's Psalm, Psalm 70, I believe it's not my mistake. Psalm 90. But the Message Bible has a beautiful rendition, and it, it says, it's, it talks about Professor, Professor Knight and, and, and Madam day or something like that but how would they teach us we can learn from creation and we can learn from the donkey I don't think the donkey understood everything but obviously she played her part right and we can learn from her as well because when these disciples brought them to Jesus the Bible says this was a new donkey 
That means it had never before carried anybody. This wasn't an assignment it understood. It had no experience. Are you listening to me? Uh, yeah, and ordinarily, if it's never been sat upon, never been carried, it would ordinarily buck, resist. But this donkey doesn't do any of that. He or she just humbly submits and allow him to sit on his back. Say donkey. Then you can learn from the donkey too. How to be a fellow worker with God. Now, as I looked at this, I said, wow. He could have chosen a stallion. But he chose a donkey. A donkey is not very beautiful. Donkey is not very fast. Donkey, I don't think, is as smart as a stallion. Donkey, not very dignified. Not beautiful. Not fast. Not dignified. Uh, not multi-talented not very gifted but that was the one he chose now for those of us who when we look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to others that we consider stallions we can sometimes feel that we're donkeys but I want all those who feel like they're donkeys to get excited this morning because he didn't choose a stallion. You didn't hear me? He chose a donkey, a very ordinary, simple, not multi-talented creature to be a part of this very, very critical and important mission. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't have a place for stallions, but I want us to realize he has a place for donkeys too. Here's the truth. He has a place in his plan for every one of us. We don't have to be beautiful. We don't have to be fast. We don't have to be multi-talented. We don't have to be the most intelligent person. We don't have to have degrees. We don't have to have ability. He's our ability. All we need is to be willing to respond in humility and faith to his ability and he will find a way to use us beyond what we can imagine. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> donkey didn't have much, but the donkey did have four legs. And the donkey did have a back. And that was enough. He can take the four legs and the back and he can make it an instrument for bringing salvation to the whole world. You need to understand, you need to understand the significant role that donkey played. He transported, he was part of the transportation ministry that day. He transported Jesus from Bethany to where? Jerusalem. He took Christ further than he had ever been. He took the mission of Jesus to a level where beyond it had ever reached before. Hallelujah. A simple donkey with four legs and a back was used 
used by Jesus to take him and the story of deliverance and salvation further down the road than it had ever been before. Listen to me. It's amazing what Jesus can do with people who all they have are four legs or two legs. It's amazing what people can do, what God can do with people who, you know, just five loaves and two fish. That's all the little boy had. But Jesus took it and Jesus used it and Jesus fed a multitude of more than 12,000 people and there was still some left over. I'm telling you, Jesus is amazing. It's amazing what Jesus will do if he can find people who are willing to say yes to the opportunity to be a co-laborer together with him who will take their eyes over themselves and will just place their eyes upon him and present themselves to him little or much and say Lord I count it a privilege I count it a privilege I count it a privilege to be granted this opportunity to serve you and to be a part of what you are doing say hallelujah all Moses had was a stick that was enough to for him to part the Red Sea with it. All David had was a slingshot. All Rahab had was a red cloth. It's not your ability. It's not my ability. It's not our ability. It's his ability. And all he's looking for this Palm Sunday, all he's looking for this Palm Sunday is for people who recognize the opportunity that has been given to them, the privilege that has been offered them to be co-laborers, fellow workers with him in bringing salvation to this world. I wonder if we have some folks here at Bethel on this Sunday morning who are saying, Lord, I don't have to. I know you will not love me less. And I know, I know, I know, I don't have to, but I'm choosing to. I want to. I want to be a part of what you and the Father are doing today in the nations to bring salvation to the world. If you are one of those saying, yes, I want to, I know God, I don't have to, I know you will not love me any less if I say no, but I want to, so I'm saying yes, stand to your feet. Raise two hands to heaven. And just talk to, talk to him, go ahead, talk to him, talk to him. Just tell him, Lord, I want you, I want you, I know your love for me doesn't depend upon this. I know you don't need me because you're self-sufficient, but Lord, I want to, I want to. I count it a privilege, I count it a privilege, a privilege, a privilege. Thank you, Jesus. Look at, look at me for a minute. Go ahead and just keep your hands lifted because it's an important, even while you're looking, your uplifted hands speak and reveals what's in your heart. Hear me. You don't have to serve him. You don't have to give your time. You don't have to give your talents. You don't have to give your treasure. You can choose to do nothing for the rest of your life and still go to heaven because Jesus did it all for you. But hear me, the opportunity given to those disciples and the opportunity given to that donkey, God wants me to let you know 
the opportunity still exists for you and for me. He's still extending the privilege to you and me to become involved fully in what he's doing to bring salvation to the world to take the gospel to the nations to save men and women boys and girls from hell the opportunity still exists to work with him to bring Jesus to those who do not know him if you want to if you want to raise your hands again and just say with me Father God I thank you for the privilege you have extended to me and the opportunity you have given me in my generation to be involved with you in saving the world I say here I am use me use my time use my talent use my treasure use me I allow you to work in me to work with me and to work through me to accomplish your purpose of saving the world through your son thank you in Jesus name amen Just remain, remain standing, remain standing. I, I, I'll let you sit just now, but I want to say one more thing. What did we just give to him? Time, oh, talent, treasure. But think about it. Did you really give it to him? What did you just give him that he didn't first give you? I, I, I'm just trying to emphasize, we really got nothing that he needs. Because it was he who supplied the time that now you're giving back to him. If he hadn't supplied it, you couldn't give it, which means he already had it before he gave it to you. The talents that you just gave to him, if he hadn't given it to you, you would not have it, which means he's already had it before he gave it to you. So really, what are you giving him that he didn't already have? Your talent or your treasure? This is. He says the gold, the silver are all mine. So the, the, the salary you make, whatever it is, hear me. It was his first. He gave it to you. And now you're giving it back to him. So that you can take advantage of the opportunity. Now, you don't have to. You can hold on to the time. He's not, he's not an Indian giver. I don't know if that's politically correct. I've got to be careful now. You've got to be careful what you say. But, but, but yeah, you've got to be careful now because every, things that used to be accepted now, so if that, I didn't mean that to be negative. But the, the point is, he doesn't give and say, give it back to me. You're free to keep it. When he gave it to you, he really did. When he gave you your time and the talent and treasure which he had, he said, have it. 
he really gave it to you you are free you can spoil it you can waste it that's up to you or you can say you know what I'm bringing it back to you because I want to put the time talent and treasure to the highest use I want my time on earth to be the most significant and most meaningful I want the time I spend on earth to matter not just on earth but in eternity so father I'm bringing the time back I'm bringing the talent back I'm bringing the treasure back and say now let's work together with it I don't want to work alone with this I want to work together with you in using these things you've given to me may God grant you and me the wisdom and the grace to bring back willingly what he has given to us willingly for our good and for the good of others in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Please be seated. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.bethelcityofhope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.